From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Five o'clock hours here. Crazy day in the world of sports. Tom Brady retires this morning, so the dream is dead. No TV 12 to the Las Vegas Raiders. Willie Ramirez is here with us. Danny is helping out run the show, giving out prizes. Busy five o'clock hour on the way. We'll have some more conversations with some of the uh, superstar college players who are in the East West Shrine game. That's tomorrow. Ticketmaster.com is where you get your tickets. Start at 19 bucks plus fees. All the ticket revenue goes to the Shriners Hospital for Children. It's an incredible cause, and some of the players that Willie talked to today are going to talk about what the week has been like. I think that's the most special part of uh, coming to Vegas for the Shrine game. I hope the game never leaves. I really think it's been a great addition to our sports landscape. And then we got the uh, Pro Bowl games, which I exploded over a little earlier. Got a little emotional. Very protective of Vegas, but also very protective. I... I respect the fans, right? What the fans like should be respected, and just because you don't like it doesn't mean you have to crap all over the fans, right, Willie? It's been an emotional day for you. I don't know about it. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. It has been. I got worked up. We're yeah. gonna. I think we're doing Brady again. In fact, I know. I, this show's pretty organized, so we, we kind of know where we're going. So the snark this morning would say, Tom Brady retires. Is it for real? Danny, give me the audio here on, on Brady. I mean, I guess you can get worked up and change your mind. I guess that can happen, but this is the second go-around. Here's Brady, pops on the video. Have at it, Tom. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first, so... I uh, won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So I uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me. There you go. He starts to get a little emotional there. We believe this is it, right? It's final? It's I done? Do. I do. Okay. So right. do I. I do. Now, we've been adamant about this in terms of trampling on his personal life, although during the early part when he took the 11-day absence and, different, you know, we had brought up and I we kept – it became a topic because I was adamant that it 100% had to do with Giselle and so on and so forth. We never really were shaming anything, but I do want to ask you the question. Do you think – I know that they, they, they went through the whole process and the procedure and had the divorce, but do you think he tries to get his family back? Oh, great question. Great question. Well, give me part two. I thought he I thought he might have indicated where he is right now with Giselle, not the family, with Giselle. My family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. There he is. There he is. Wouldn't change a thing. At that point, was he like, yeah, Giselle. 
I'm glad I came back for one more year. And you know what? I'm glad I came back for five more years because you wanted me to quit five years ago. And I got another Super Bowl, and I added my legacy, and I shoved it in the face of Belichick. I wouldn't change a thing. I was right, Giselle. I was right. Do you think when he went through the list and he said, my team, my friend, my family, competitor, does she now fall on the competitor list? <laughs> Uh, it's not funny. It's not funny. Although we all laughed. I think I'm, he made it clear. Yes, he, yes I don't think happy. he's lost his family. I'm sure and now he's going to have more time to uh, to be with the kids. Uh, you know, your question's interesting because you can, uh, you know what, can we even delve into what, like, what really ended it, where they are now, um, not to, not to ruin all American, but you know, we're, we're catching up on it. We're watching it. You watch it already, but you know, what Bill, I'm, Billy Baker trying to get the wife back, yeah. the DA. I mean, you know, things can change. We've all been, you know, I don't know how many times you've been in relationships where it was like break up, back together, break up, back together, break up, back together, you know, and it, it, it stretches for a long time. None. I've been zero. Yeah, I've been. So who knows? Maybe I've Brady been, will want to go back with, to the well. I've been well. with, you know, like we're hooking up oh, and then we're, but that was way before Jordan's yeah. mom. Ever since Jordan's mom, I've had two, I've only had two serious relationships in my life and I've never, there's never been break up, get back together. And when it was over, it was over. That was it. Might have been, this guy, I mean, their, their, um, their marriage might've been a living hell for five years. Might not just be like the recent decision to keep coming back. I'll you tell you know. what I'm happy for earlier. You, you know, we said, and I said, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him because he went out and I said, you know what else I'm happy for? Um, because neither one of you have experienced this, but he, he gets to experience 12 months of fatherhood. And it's something that you, you can't ever, ever get back. Nope. And he's, he's lost all he, those years. Yeah. As a football player. Yeah, but I don't look at it like, you know what? Yes, he did. But at the same token, he still has a lot of time left to enjoy. Does I'm it, still does enjoying. It, does he? Yes. Why wouldn't he? $375 million for 10 years. Yeah, but he's not. not a, this ain't a one day a week job. Once he starts with Fox, stop, it's on for stop, football season. Stop, it's back on. Stop. Prep. Time. Get to work. Prep. Stop. Prep time. Research. Listen, talk to people. My three point five million dollar deer here. I just send you topics. And I show Your up deal here. Yeah, you just show up. We just we just throw it out to you. <laughs> Go ahead, Willie. Show up to the shrine. Little we'll, organization we'll off the cuff. Do it. The, no, come on. I mean, he's going to experience a lot more than he was able to before as a football player, being at practice every single day. I mean, he got one day out. I mean, think about it. We saw this coming. There's, I mean, he's also probably feeling it. The hits that he took this year are different than the hits he took last year and then the year before that. That's why the guy had, what, he had that extra day off mm-hmm. that he didn't. You well, know, we talked about his weight loss. He's probably not in the greatest health, mentally and physically. He lost 15 pounds, looked, t- looked all gaunt yeah. this morning. He looked, you know, looked better than me. Not you, because you're you know you primp. Emaciated is the word. I A little like bit. To he's use. skinny. Yeah, yeah, he's skinny. Withdrawn. I think you know what? I think by next season when he hits the booth, I don't think he's going to be like heavy, heavy. But we're going to see a we're going to see a healthier, fuller Brady, and everyone's going to be like, God, he looks great. He can play. No, he looks healthy because his mental health is better. He's eating right. He's enjoying life. He got to spend the summer with his kids. He got to go to Las Vegas. He got to go to uh, Disneyland. He got to go, you know, whatever. Got to go, what's the, what's the place the uh, the the place that they they do the basketball tournament the uh, in the Caribbean? What's it? The Atlantis. He got to go to Atlantis. All right, all right, all right. So last hour I was really I was I was mad. I was mad. I don't like all this criticism of the the Pro Bowl. 
criticism is the wrong word. Pro Bowl games. It's it's you just crapping on it without even giving it the a hate. chance. We we don't know what it's going to be like. Uh, Rhino, one of our big listeners, Derek said, uh, isn't vocalizing what you don't like about sports part of sports culture? Derek asked while listening to sports radio. It is, but I also have the right to scream and yell about opinions that I think are wrong. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a take right now that I fully expect to be happening. Maybe as soon as two weeks, but certainly next year. We all have opinions on broadcasters. I don't think most of us, given the opinions, are educated or have any idea what goes into calling these games as an analyst. My Lord, last weekend, the Tony Romo bashing. I think this is Romo getting killed now is a typical example in sports of someone being built up to a super high level. And then pick, 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 needle, 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 needle. And we had this explosion of people over the weekend who were like, Romo's terrible. I'm like, what are you watching and who are you judging it off of? So I'm going to set this up right now. There are going to be a ton of people, and it's simply because it starts with Brady making $375 million. Right? We've gotten very judgmental on broadcasters. Like, you, you, I, I think on this show... It's not you, but people, maybe you, people, JVT and Adam Hill are just really mean about Drew Brees. Drew Brees has potential, but a one-year trial was not fair to him. And, man, the bashing of Romo just tells me Brady will get annihilated by a lot of people next year, but I'm going to fire back with, I think Brady is going to be one of the best color analysts in football history. Here's where I'm lost. He's super, super smart, and he's also, he's aware of the stuff that goes on. You heard in his statement. He was like, "Listen, I had my time last year with the you know the drama and all that with the long goodbye. I'm not going to do that." He he knows what's going on. He's a really smart guy. He's got a good sense of humor. I think he's going to be brilliant in the booth. I think he's going to pass. Might not be this year, Willie, but in future years he'll pass Romo. And then I think he's going to put a lot of the games who are on the the B, the C, the D, the E game to shame. I think he's going to be really good. Here's where I'm lost. You put this in the rundown. I heard the boys talking about it this morning. I pointed to Dan. Danny, you weren't on. Um, Because you're on with us. This whole thing of like, you know, can he prepare for into? Can he be prepared in 12 days? But everyone, you put it in here. Ha ha. We don't have to read the rundown. What did I say? Ha ha ha. Greg Olson, move over. Isn't Greg Olson play by play? No. No, Greg Olson is a former tight end in the National Football League, and everyone's rodding up over him because he's not Romo. And now they're trying to set up this. And what they're doing now? With with, uh, no, he was with uh, Burkhart. No, what they're doing with Olson is like. Oh, Tom Brady's going to kick Olsen out? Like, all of a sudden, Olsen's great. They became great the last three weeks. I didn't I didn't see a lot of people talking about Greg Olsen. I didn't really hear And then now it's like, oh, Brady's going to push him out? That's not fair. Olsen's really good. He's good. Now, I don't hear a lot of criticism about Tony Romo's analysis as much as I hear the criticism about his voice. It's more the voice. The gravelly voice, or, you know. Right. Now, that's what I, I hear more about the voice than the analysis. Well, you know, one of the, the one of the biggest complaints is he doesn't do what he did when he started when he was predicting the plays. Yeah, because they told him to stop predicting the plays. Yeah. Like, it's not yeah. his choice. Yeah. You're right. right. He yeah. could call every free right. 90% of the plays on what's going on. Right. I loved it. But I'm guessing the bosses are like, mm, don't do that. You're kind of ruining it for the casual fan. I think Brady's going to be fantastic color commentator. I think he'll be great. And here's the thing. The people that are going to hate him, that hate him, they already do. Yep. They're going to be the people that already are Patriots and Brady haters. So they're automatically going to, without even, li- the first the first time they listen. Bingo. Bingo. That's yep. it. 
they're not going to be objective from no. the start. And then there, there's going to be others that feel somehow are like the Greg Olson protectors, which is so weird. No one knew who Greg Olson was, you know, a couple of years ago. I know people knew who he was, but the, the average fan had no idea. I didn't hear any of these grand procl- uh, proclamations years ago. Like, oh, that guy's the future of broadcasting. All right, we got breaking news in. This ain't good. This ain't good at all with the Vegas Golden Knights. In the last 15 minutes, it came down. Oh, boy. The Mark Stone injury is serious. Captain Mark Stone underwent successful back surgery on Tuesday, January 31st. He will be out of the lineup indefinitely, but is expected to make a full recovery. Doesn't say whether or not it it was the same surgery. Doesn't say whether or not what if they had to fix the last surgery. Um, But it does say the surgery was performed by Dr. Chad Pruzmak in Denver. Stone suffered the injury January 12th. Began rehab work shortly thereafter. After a setback, it was determined that surgery was the best course of action. Um, Okay. Mark Stone... I hate to say this, is now officially, in my eyes, on the downside of his career. Because we said before, let you know, after last year's injury, back injuries, it can be depend. It turned out he had a, a disectomy. It's like cleaning up. It's like cleaning up cartilage in the knee, uh, meniscus. You remove a little bit of it to remove the pressure. Now again, it's like with Peyton Manning with the neck, Right. This is troublesome for it to be. This is symptomatic, problematic. This is this is not good. So whatever it is that he, it, it, I mean, I don't know if it's degenerative or if it's, I doubt it's hereditary. Something like this is hereditary, but it's just, this isn't good. You're talking about another, and I watched Mark Stone walk up and down the press box last year. I mean, Steve, this dude could barely walk. He was in serious pain. Anybody that was calling him out saying, oh, is it really? Well, how serious is it? It was bad. This is not good. Full recovery, great, but he was supposed to have recovered in full last time. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Man, lots of breaking news. Five o'clock hour, Cofield and Company. Danny helping out. Willie Ramirez is here. We're going to have more of those uh, Shrine Bowl conversations. Willie got to speak to uh, eight, nine, ten different folks down at the Shrine Bowl. We'll have more of the conversations tomorrow. The game's tomorrow at 5.30. But breaking news, a uh, big day of retirements. Uh, Dr. Phil, Ozzy's not going to play on the road anymore. He's not really going to perform anymore. Tom Brady retired. Mark Stone just got back surgery. Sounds pretty serious. Full recovery, no real timetable. Um, and... Local football with the XFL, you're going to see a lot of big names in this league. A lot of big names. Vic Beasley, Martavis Bryant, already on the team. They added another quarterback to the roster, and that is a former NFL player, former Packer. You know, got the lion's share of the time when Brady went, or check that, Rodgers went down with the uh, broken collarbone. So Brett Hundley from UCLA has signed with the Vegas Vipers. So more big names coming on to our local XFL team. But today's a big day for uh, women National uh, Girls and Women in Sports Day. And you happen to spot, what, about a two-and-a-half-minute video with our own Kelsey Plum from the Aces? Yeah, Kelsey put something up yesterday. Um, and it was just a message because she had she was on like this, sounded like she was on a 
like a group chat or a Zoom. I wasn't sure exactly, but she was talking. It had to do with eighth grade middle school. And someone had asked her the question. It was like a forum and asked her about confidence and and in girls and so on and so forth. And she had a real poignant message. And I thought it was great that she came on her Instagram and used her platform. Um, so I was just on a Zoom call and we had a Q&A at the end. And I had a coach ask me, uh, he said, hey, I work with middle school girls and um, I see a consistent, a consistent lack of confidence that they have. What can I do as their coach to help them? And I was like, brother, I really appreciate you asking this. Um, you know, I personally would would tell you that, yes, you're a coach, but really your job is to uplift and encourage. Um, I know right now. We just have an epidemic of a lack of confidence, specifically in our youth and even more specifically in our young women. And I feel like there's so many factors that go into that, but a lot of social media, external, unrealistic expectations, uh, a lack of female role models and mentors. Um, and, and to be honest, I'm speaking to him, I said, and to be honest, we have a lack of positive affirmations and love and uplifting from men and from other women. We don't hear it enough. We don't hear it enough within ourselves. Um, so I said, I would encourage you to be that voice. Um, and really, I mean, hey, I'm proud of you. Thank you for being here. I'm blessed to coach you. Um, I see you working, continue to work. You're doing great. This is so much bigger than performance. And uh, I, I wish we could um, really just kind of hammer home that idea that men, we all need to hear that we're doing good and that we, yeah, we can always get better, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get that, but I'm saying in reality, uh, life is hard and there's a lot of different things going on, but but we need each other and we we need we need other women to, uh, you know, be advocates. And, and uh, um, I know there's, there's not enough um, and uh, we're working on that, but man, like in the meantime, I just said, and I challenge you, Instagram, uh, be that uplifting voice in your life, in other people's life, in your kid's life, in your niece's life, in your nephew's life. Like, bring that uplifting, empowering, encouraging affirmations that we all need, and to ourselves as well. I mean, listen, I be talking to myself during games. Let me tell you, like, hey, you did great. Keep going. Oh, you got them. Whatever it takes, uh, because it matters, and we need to hear it. Um, so I'm done rambling, but I just wanted to share that. Hope you all have a great day. Blessings. There you go. Nice message from the Aces, Kelsey Plum. And I, you, you've talked about her background before, and you know we've done interviews with her. And uh, for her, at the beginning of her WNBA career, a lot of it was about confidence, right? You know, she was coached really hard she by was. Bill Ambeer, and she broke through now Becky Hammond and is a tremendous player. But there, you know, there's a mental side, and especially for women, if they're not getting, and girls, if they're not getting the same support the guys get. Yeah, she uh, and we we, sp- we spoke at length last year, both on and off the record um, at media day, and I, you know, and I told her, I said, look, I want, I want, I want to get you. I'm, I'm talking to Asia, I'm talking to to Becky, I'm talking to whomever, but I think this is your breakout year. I mean, it's not, it's not as if people don't know who you are, Kels, but I think this is going to be your biggest year yet, and I think this is going to be something special. And sure enough, we saw what happened. I even told Asia, I think she's going to challenge for the MVP award. She finished third in voting. But more than anything, she did talk about confidence. She talked about how hard it was to be relegated to being a sixth person. And that she said that, you know, she joked to many people that she was going to throw the sixth woman of the year award away. She didn't want that trophy. But, you know, she she wanted to get rid of it because she just 
It, it's she doesn't want to ever want to be a sixth woman again. So the ward, hey, yeah, that's great, but I never want to win that ward again. And uh, but she, it's funny that the end there where she said she she talks herself on the court. She said that before. I don't know who else she's told, but I know she's told me that before. Like she was, she'll talk to herself and to provide her own little confidence and her own little boost in her head. And Kelsey's a big, you know, she 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 goes through it, and she she actually had a a, a nice story done. Um, I want to say it was on ESPN, but um, about her mental health. They all go through it. They all go through it. We've seen it before. Um, Kayla McBride penned one in uh, the Players' Tribune. We've seen Asia write about it. We've seen Kelsey. And it goes beyond the Las Vegas Aces. And it goes beyond women. But today we're talking about girls and women in sports. And she's dead right. The women, they need confidence. They need to believe. They need to know that everybody believes in them. We're going to talk football on the way back, get into the Shrine Bowl a little bit more, talk a little UNLV football recruiting. If you don't want to hear that, you can go to Raider Nation Radio 920 right now. Basketball talk. Kevin Kruger radio show is on. You can also go over to Fox Sports Las Vegas. We just gave you the breaking news of Mark Stone and his back surgery. And right now, BGK Insider show is on with Lindsay, with Magnum. So they'll talk about it over there. So you got plenty of options across the platform on the LV Sports Network. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 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 Rolling on here on this Wednesday. we got the Shrine Bowl coming up tomorrow. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. 5.30 kickoff. It's the 98th edition of this. Uh, lots of draft prospects. I mean, real draft prospects in this thing. And plenty of folks who are, are going to play in the NFL. Last year, we had a chance to see Brock Purdy. He made it to the league. A ton of other players also made it to the National Football League. Ticketmaster.com. All the proceeds go to the Shriners Hospital. Willie was out there this morning for their big media session for like three plus hours. And he, he got some good conversations. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things we wanted to uh, get from some guys was the skinny on Barry Odom, the new coach of the UNLV rebels, Barry Odom, of course, coming over from Arkansas, well-respected coach there, former head coach at Missouri, also coached at Memphis played at Missouri. So we wanted to lean on a couple of the Razorbacks who were in the game. And one of them is an offensive lineman in Dalton Wagner, here's uh, Willie starting off the conversation with uh, Big Dalton Wagner. You know, obviously you, everybody has goals, right, to get to the next level. But playing in these games, post-career, uh, Senior Bowl, East-West Shrine Bowl, whatever it may be, this sort of is the pinnacle. This is the one that everyone looks at. It's been, it, it, it benefits so much on and off the field. Um, what's it mean for you just to be here in Las Vegas and representing the Shrine Bowl? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, most importantly, I think it means the world to me that we're able to give back and help children out. You know, every time we get to go to the Children's op- Hospital in Arkansas was always a very special trip to me. It's a very humbling experience. You know, you realize how good you got it sometimes and be able to just give back because, you know, we like you said, you know, we are college athletes, you know. We are a little more well-known, and it makes a kid's day when you do be able to go try to go meet them and light up their world a little bit, too. But, you know, this game is such an important game because, A, all it does for the community, and then, B, it's such an excellent ability to show off to the world of what you're capable of and what you're wanting to do. You know, your film speaks for itself, but now it's time where you get in front of scouts. you got to improve. You've got to show day-to-day what you're bringing to the table, and it's all about consistency with this game. But I'm I'm very humbled and very blessed to be playing in this game. So I got to ask you, UNLV plays in this stadium. 
They are now coached by someone you know very well, Barry Odom. What can you tell us about Coach Odom? With Coach Odom, you're going to get probably one of the hardest working men I've ever met in my entire life. He's very tough. He's as tough as nails. He's hardworking. He demands excellence and perfection out of his unit. Uh, he was a defense coordinator at Arkansas, but I knew he was a head coach in Missouri as well, too. But he demands excellence and perfection out of his unit, and he won't settle for anything less. You know, personal accountability, personal responsibility is something so huge for him, you know, and he's a leader of men. He is a true leader of men, and you guys are getting a great, great coach. When, when I asked you to come over to the ESPN booth, we were, when I told you I wanted to ask you, you said, Coach Odom is the man. And you just mentioned here that he's a leader of men. We've had a couple of coaches continue to say that on a local level where I'm not a football coach. I'm a leader of men first, teaching these young men how to, to grow into being grown men. Um, what does he mean to the what, – what have you seen him – how have you seen him influence off the field so many, not just teaching football? Yeah, he's his influence off the field extends beyond just the defense as well. Um, the defensive backs spoke so highly of him at Arkansas, and you could see the effect that he had. You know, he made sure that these guys – they're smart going into the game week off the field and like you said you know it's not just football but off the field he makes sure they're studying more film and on the field he makes sure they're going to class he makes sure they're doing what they need to be doing and they're taking care of their business and not just being the you know stereo quote-unquote stereotypical football player of not going to class you know not caring about some stuff you know he makes sure that they are good men that they have good manners that they go out they thank people that they go they make sure that they're going to class or attending and they're being respectful of the people around them respectful of their time one of the first things that he mentioned when he got here was that he was going to go out into the community, him and his coaching staff. He wanted to go to the high schools. He wanted to make sure that the local high schools knew how important they were to the UNLV football program. Um, when he goes and sits in a living room to sell a, co- a, sell, a, a pa- sell parents on the UNLV Rebels, why are parents going to buy into his philosophy? He's honest. He's going to be as honest as he can be. He's going to tell – if I had to guess, he's going to tell the parents that the kid is going to work – just as hard on the field as he is off the field you know he's going to demand that out of their children um he's going to demand that what they do is to the highest level that they can do it while also loving them as much as he can you know he's such a coach that he get he genuinely cares about people he genuinely cares about what you're doing off the field you know it doesn't mean if you're a starter a walk-on you know a two whatever you are he treats everybody the same and that's yeah, he's that's what he's gonna go tell these people he's gonna tell them that his values align with them and if you want to come play for him come play for him because i'm telling you it's gonna be the greatest decision you make wow so that guy's not gonna, i was gonna say if the dalton wagner's not gonna play in the nfl former arkansas lineman um barry odom was on the other side of the ball coaching the defense Man, if they need a grad assistant like three years from now, that guy can recruit. That guy can do a lot. That guy can that dude's a dude. He do whatever he wants. He's a lumberjack. <laughs> How big was he? Man, that was a mountain. That dude was huge. I walked up like Six, I nine, saw three thirty one. You sent me the list. He's like, hey, look for these guys. And I really was pressing for the guys that I got, but I was like, I got to get some of these guys that were with Odom and. I saw him look. They, they had competitions. They had like like Dorian Thompson Robinson had a dance contest with one of the nine year old kids that was a patient. That's cool. So they had different things like that, wheelchair races. So I see the last name and I was like, oh, there's one. And I walk up and as I got closer, he just got bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger. And then I reach up behind, you know, to tap him on. And it is like, same thing with Dorian, actually, when he gave me a hug. Like these dudes are just, they're beyond grown men now. Like they, it was like, they were rock solid. This dude was six 
eight six nine. And we're walking. I said, okay. He goes, uh, we're just going to sit here. I said, no, you're going to sit down so we could be eye level. Yes. That's <laughs> awesome. That was good, man. He was really uh, very high on, on Barry Odom. So today was the late signing day. And in total, let's see, 18 scholarship players were announced today for the 2023, uh, 2023 class for UNLV. Five walk-ons, so that gets you to 23. Seven early commits, Willie. That's 30 new players on board. There were also commits that were not announced today officially because they've got two transfer uh, grad transfers. They got to graduate at their other school. So Gary Quarles is a little running back, you know, 5'7, 180. Vincent Davis, another small running back to go in the go go offense, 5'8, 185. He's at Pittsburgh. So once those two guys finish and they can make it official, then UNLV is at 32 newcomers. And Barry Odom told us today, and I'll put out a lot of the press conference all clipped up. Mm-hmm. Odom told us today they're not done recruiting, which I don't think they are. So they could have, I think last year with Arroyo, they had like 31 new players in and 24 out. So this group could have like 35 new players in, and I don't know what the final number will be. Um, I think there's been some walk-ons who've moved on already to get that list. You can follow a lot of this stuff up at UNLV All Access on Twitter. Been trying to you know keep as much track as possible of guys who are in and out, but uh, be a lot of new members on the team. And today, a couple things, Willie, mm-hmm. when they when they announced the class, a lot more six four, six five, six six dudes than in previous times. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean all these guys can play, right? And I I truly believe on the defensive line that if you get a real, you know, dog in someone, that you can have defensive linemen who are six foot, six one, six two, but stout, you know, two eighty, two ninety, even smaller. You know, Jalen Dixon's on the UNLV team now. He's he returns as one of the four best defensive linemen they have, and he's six foot two sixty, but he's a twitch guy. He's awesome. But yeah, they uh I got to talk to Ricky Logo during the uh, the Fox, we'll call it Silver State Sports and Entertainment or properly, but it was on uh, Fox 5.2 and, and Cox 125. I got to talk to Ricky Logo as a defensive line coach, and all three guys he brought in for the D-line in that uh, 6'4", 250, up to 6'3", 300 range, so some big guys. And the O-lineman they brought in, they got a kid from Arkansas transferring after three years. He's 6'5", 320. I'm guessing he's going to be one of the starting guards. They have a new center in. There's going to be a little competition there. A kid named uh, Jack Haas, who is 6'4", 295. So you, you kind of – the the D-line has always been small here, and they've got to get more size there. Um, and the O-line, I think, was recruited kind of small because they wanted more speed. The O-line is going to get bigger here the next couple of years. going to be a lot of big fellas. A lot of big fellas. Can I interject something real Oh, quick? yeah. One of the interviews I sat down with, and maybe we'll we'll be able to interject maybe tomorrow's show, whatever, yep. but we have it on file. Yeah. Mark May. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely play that tomorrow. I asked him, so I'll tease it out a little bit, but I asked him about the Raiders. I got to the Raiders, and he says, it's real simple. Build the offensive line with big guys. Build, build, build bring. Yeah. So it's just funny because you're sitting here talking about, because we're, we're talking about a guy with an SEC mind. Right. 
and he's bringing in these three guys. It just it just stuck out because I immediately thought because I'm sitting here talking to one of the yeah. one of the best offensive linemen coming out of the NFC East ever, right? And he's on the board with the Shriners. But anyway, he was like, "Build that lineup. Yeah, you don't have to go get the best quarterback. You just got to get a good one and yeah. surround them with big guys. They have to get bigger on the defensive line. So, and they have they have really good returnees. Like I think their D line. That's actually if you if anyone saw the list today, and again, we'll put a lot of this out. The late signing period, now 23 guys added to the original class. Um, anyone who saw the list could see that it was it's a much uh, bigger group. But the other thing is they didn't they have a bunch of plug-and-play guys. I think they've got, like, minimum four guys up to about eight who might go right into the starting lineup. The one area that they did not get plug-and-play yet, because the three defensive linemen they intro today were all, are all you know young guys. Maybe one can play as freshman year, but the plan is probably a red shirt, get bigger, stronger. The D-line has some players back. Now, they're smaller, but they're they're dogs. Like I mentioned, Jalen Dixon, Naki Fahina is really good. He got injured last year and missed the whole year, and he's the leader of the group. Uh, he's a super impressive guy. They've got a couple of you know 6'4 dudes and Ryan Keeler and Nick Demetrius, who I think have a lot of potential. Darius Johnson played really well last year at Juco at about 6'2 and 290. Uh, Movesi's another 6'2, you know, 290 guy, so... That's one of those areas I'm going to be uh, curious to see what turns out here. And one more thing. The defensive back room lost their best guy in Noel Williams. He went to Cal. Transfer portal went to Cal. It's a wide-open competition beyond that, right? A lot of names, a lot of guys who played. But they went out, and they got five new defensive backs. So it's go time. Like, there's going to be intense competition. And I, I actually... Uh, Odom wouldn't say it today that he was going to start, but I, I think the the most impactful recruit they got uh, is a kid named Jackson Turner, and he is from Arizona, mm-hmm. played at Arizona the last you know, three, four years, started 22 of the last 23 games, strong safety, 6'2", 210, was the highest-rated guy on the zone of defense, the Wildcat defense, by PFF. And I think they're going to try to play a lot of 3-3-5, Willie. Yep. So they need that, uh, they're going to need that jack position. That you always hear about, I think that's what uh, I think that's what Erlacher played. If I'm correct on that one, but anyway, they want a lot. Of, they want a lot of options, right, in coverage. But they also want to be able to walk up safeties, like big safeties. So the room got real competitive. I'm impressed by what they did. They got they got some guys who I think can play right away, and that's important. They got to bring a lot more competition in. It was good last year. It got better, but it needs to get a lot better to be a bowl team every year. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. So we were just talking about UNLV football uh, signing day number two, and they brought in 23 guys, including walk-on, so that's now a total of 30. There's more on the way. Uh, one thing, and this is what really all coaches talk about, especially when they first hit the ground here, and Marcus Arroyo talked about this, and now Barry Odom was speaking to it, just how crazy this town is for sports. Like, I, If you're not here, you don't realize how insane we're getting for sports. Well, I mean, we just are the mecca, and it's funny, during the break, we were just talking about the March 4th weekend all the way through to Selection Sunday. March 4th weekend, it's the end of the season for the Mountain West Conference. So 
UNLV will be at Nevada on that Saturday. That will be a really important game, I'm guessing, for seeding in the tournament. I'll be there in Reno. It's NASCAR weekend. Kind of big. It's NASCAR weekend. And Willie's like, oh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I have to do UFC. And then I, you just reminded me what the UFC is. It's freaking John Jones return after like what feels like 10 years away from the sport. My first time ever covering a UFC event. You'll love it. And it'll be Jones. You'll love it. It's cool. You might not watch the cage a lot. You'll wind up watching the screens. Because when you're there and you're on, I don't know if you know it, you actually you'll be upstairs because they only have a still. Well, no, AP. AP. AP on the floor, Willie. Send the message now. Get Willie on the floor. But um, yeah, if you haven't been to cover a card, it, it's it goes it goes fast. The crowd's crazy. The only thing I'm not looking forward to, from my understanding, from don't our, say it. What? What are you gonna say? Want to hear this one? The pressures are at the very end, and they don't roll till like twelve, one, two. Oh, they're one. late. Yeah, they take their time. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know how much that's needed. For my for for AP, they want the results out. I don't know if I have to stay for to to throw the, to get the quotes in there. But you're going to do previews for it, um, Mark Anderson. You get Chandler is, Jones. Mark Anderson's doing for his brother the, John. No, right. Mark's at the press. I'm looking at the at, at our schedule for AP. Let's do it. It is wild starting from the fourth. Yep. Because then it's then it's conference tournament week with men's and women's tournaments, like five or six of them. Yeah, I'm yeah. actually looking forward to um, my favorite. Of all time, uh, you know, of all that is Pac-12 women's basketball. I know you love that. I cannot wait. Yep. And then you have the West Coast Conference, the Mountain West Conference, the Big West Conference. And by the way, the West Coast Conference tournament that'll be the fina- that'll be the the uh, should be Julian Strother's last hurrah with Gonzaga. So for you local oh, hometown hero, yeah, yeah, we got a hometown hero we playing got- tomorrow. Dorian Thompson Robinson got Julian coming and mixed in here. I'm looking. Uh, Leading up to that week, but the first week, you know, March first, second, third, the Golden Knights are in town, so you whip that into into mix. Lita Ford is here. Lita Ford. I just is told here. you someone sent me a, a message. They're like, Lita Ford's back. I'm like, all right, but I don't think I'm here. That's over at the Westgate. A lot of cool. stuff. A lot but of yeah, stuff. West Coast Conference, WAC, Mountain West Conference, Pac-12, Big West. What did I miss? Mountain West, Pac-12, Big Wax, West. West Coast, Big West. Yeah, that's it. And if you haven't been to the Dollar Loan Center for basketball, awesome venue. By the way, yep. the NFL sent over the competitors. I already have. This is for competitors. You, you know for what, what they call him, don't you? Dangerous Danny? No. Degenerate Danny. Degenerate Danny. I have the prop bet for you, Degenerate. The best catch. Two players from each conference will compete in a best catch competition, showing off their creativity, inventiveness, and talent. Put everything that you got on Amon Ross St. Brown. I told you the what's story. What's that all about? Well, it's part of the skills competition. No, I mean, what, what's with the love of Amon, St., uh, Amon Ross St. Brown? I just remember when he came here with the seven on seven and the kid. That's how he, that's actually, to be honest with you, that is what enamored me with this kid was the catches he was making from JT Daniels. In their seven on seven team, when they were playing, I believe that was it wasn't the the pylon out at Heritage. It was the Adidas at Desert Breeze. 
And it was just that's actually what amazed me was the catches this kid was making. It was just it was just in, insane. You got Pat uh, Passertain, Stephon Diggs from the AFC, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Justin Jefferson in the NFC. By the way, Raiders fans, uh, the precision passing will feature former, well, not former yet, soon to be former Raider Derek Carr. He's in that competition with Trevor Lawrence and Tyler Huntley, NFC. Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Jared Goff. Uh, if, by the way, if you were Team Carr, would you tell Derek, "Take it easy"? Oh, take it no. easy. No, we don't have a we don't have a deal yet. If you were take Team Carr, and he gets injured, he's guaranteed the money. So maybe you're telling him, "Hey, go out there and." Are you sure on that one? Dislocate something. Are you sure that he's still guaranteed <laughs> outside of the regular season? I don't know. What that the, would be crazy. No, no. Yeah, Vinny B tweeted out that the the the. The picture of the CBA injured in the Pro Bowl, guaranteed. He tweeted it out. Oh no! Oh yeah. Uh, there's a dodgeball competition. Well, by the way, when is all this? Tell everyone when this is. Do you have the schedule in front of you? The actual times? I don't have the time breakdown. Uh, Let's but... tweet that out after the show. Okay, we'll get we'll, we'll get. Can to I that. go? Can I go back to St. Brown? Yeah. I have no idea if you're going to have time to get any. Are you going to this? Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh. Sure. uh I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Window. I'm not going to this coast tomorrow. This is tomorrow. Ah. I got to be on a show. I got to show, show to... off. You know what? I I want to see you listen. I want to see you interview yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown's dad. Oh, first of all, anytime you're around a bodybuilder, I talked to him. You did not for this when I did the story on Amon Ross St. Brown for USA Today. Yeah. I got on the phone and talked to him. Of course, we talked about. We talked about. We how, went... how awesome is he? Uh, he's fantastic. He's like the Marv Marinovich that went right. And he's like before Arnold. Like he's one and of the originals. By the way, originals. that's not fair to Marvin Marinovich. His, his son is not the only thing that. That's he, not his legacy. He is purely. one of the originals of, of bodybuilding. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was. He's he's big time. And then he wanted his kids to be athletes. Oh yeah. He trained them. Yeah. He programmed them. Taught them. They, well. st- they still work. We talked about protein. We talked about nutrition. We talked about everything. <laughs> of course, are you kidding me? We yeah. we got into all that conversation. I told him about Jordan and his dreams of opening a gym. That was before the gym. He named his kids after Egyptian gods. Yes, he did. Equanimius. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Monra. Uh listen. Let me finish. This is the intriguing one. Daniel have he this kid'll find a way to have a bet on this. The dodgeball competition includes Josh Jacobs and Max Crosby. Oof. Joey Bosa on the other side. We gotta get. We have to. We've uh, we've been super busy. We gotta collect some of the Crosby sound. What do you go on that uh, that bus thing with the football players? The podcast. Mm. Boy, he went in on a lot of people. He, he went after Joey Bosa hard. Is this like a free for all? Say what you want. No, like a well, it kind of chi- is because it's all like football a spit players. Chicklets. Have you ever listened to spitting chicklets? Yeah, yeah, but it's all it's all you know football players, current football players. So yeah, it opens up. It opens up pretty good. But yeah, he went in on a bunch of things and. It was just a couple days ago when they're like, all right, who do you want for the uh, quarterback of the Raiders? And he's like, Tom Brady, of course. Wah, wah. That sucks. How about this competition? Kick-tack-toe. Each team's kicker, punter, and long snapper compete in a giant tic-tac-toe competition to showcase their respective skills. This is going to be... This is going to be fun. Don't, I'm not going to get worked up about it again, although the critics of the Pro Bowl games. This is going to be freaking cool. And then they're going to make it better every year. Folks, for those of you who are young, 
one of the greatest pieces of sports television in the history of the medium, Willie knows this, is Superstars. Superstars of the 70s. Remember that? It's one of the greatest things ever. It's one of my, it's a chilling moment. One of my favorite moments in all of sports history. Who was the greatest? Like Leitner, Leitner with the turnaround. It, I, it killed me. The One of the worst moments ever, but it was chilling, was Franco Colombo underneath that G-Dam refrigerator. They carried the refrigerator. says, leg folded. I don't know. Not, Gabe, I don't want anyone getting hurt like that listen, in the Pro Bowl listen. games. But Gabe Kaplan anything owned that happen. show. Gabe Kaplan owned that show. Gabe Kaplan is an athlete. Yeah. Barbie Pretty Denton, underrated athlete. Barbie Denton was on I think, that show. I think Mr. Cater was a pretty good tennis player, wasn't he? Yes. Yep. That was his yep. skill in the superstars. And, and Barbie Benton. Huh? And you know who was underrated? Joyce DeWitt. Old Janet from Three's Company. Really? Yeah, yeah. Love Janet.